the Google and Facebook duopoly, and then the rise of Amazon. Brands are navigating a world where these platforms are changing the rules constantly. So we're hosting the Digiday Marketing Summit, where marketers will talk about how to take back control. Join us in Nassau, Bahamas for some insightful takeaways and ideas on figuring out the ROI on your digital ad spend. And network with the industry peers who are in the same boat, thinking about how to work with new platforms, often with tight resources. To learn more, visit digiday.com slash events. Hope to see you there. This is Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Digiday producer Aditi Sangu. On today's show, a session from the Digiday Video Anywhere Summit that we held recently in Laguna Beach, California. From traditionally video-centric media networks to the publishers that have recently pivoted to video, their industry faces the stark reality of digital video, and it's no secret. So we hosted publishers who together explored the possibilities of video and how they're tackling the uphill task of building business models that drive revenue and not just viewership. In this episode, Digiday senior reporter Sahil Patel talks to Rob Gellick from CBS Interactive Entertainment about how CBS is adapting to the future of streaming. So what is, if you could walk me through, what's the game plan for CBS to be like, we have a new show coming out, how are you marketing Star Trek, how are you marketing No Activity as it's about to premiere? Yeah, I mean, we actually went at Star Trek like we do any new show. It's not because it's on a digital platform, are we going to do it any, any differently than we launched? So there was a season premiere, so actually the first episode was aired on the broadcast feed at the same time it was released on digital. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen the show, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the first and second episode are like this unbelievable theatrical movie. Mm -hmm. And so it was a cliffhanger on air. Mm -hmm. And to watch the end, you got to go sign up for the service. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely, there was a deliberate attempt to transition what was the more established, broad, mass market audience down to the digital offering from day one. Did you do a lot of out of home stuff? We did out of home, we did billboards in select markets like we traditionally do. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a combination of what was brand building leaning up to the premiere, mm -hmm. um, which is absolutely critical to do just core branding advertising. Because when you come down to the cost per acquisition of getting a subscriber in, mm -hmm. if you're not doing that field branded advertiser, that CPA is going to be a huge number. Mm -hmm. um, and then it shifts almost from the day that we launched to performance. Mm -hmm. And performance is a mixture of, you know, search for sure is mm -hmm. one of the biggest mechanisms that works. Social, we've had great success in the social space. Um, we do do some limited burst kind of displays still in the market, playing in the exchanges like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then affiliates. Mm -hmm. You know, Star Trek is a franchise we know really well. We have all these huge fan bases. Mm -hmm. So going directly to them with an authentic version of this series, one that they know is in like the best hands, mm -hmm. and rolling that out. We got a lot of those fan groups coming out to support us. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Star Trek, The Good Fight, No Activity, that's three. Is there like a, a, a target number you guys have in terms of how much originals you want to do going forward as part of CBS All Access? So we've, we've already announced two others that mm -hmm. are coming, um, and we've already announced some returning. So mm -hmm. what happens is Star Trek is there's enough of those episodes. Typically what will happen in this space is like a lot of people will just do a limited run. Mm -hmm. All act, uh, uh, No Activity, we have eight. That's an eight-episode season-long show. Mm -hmm. um, something like Star Trek starts getting up in 10 plus 15 episodes. It's, it's a lot of programming. Mm -hmm. So that's actually coming in two parts. 
mm -hmm. um, with no activity in the middle. We have Good Fight Season 2 returning. Mm -hmm. We have the second part of Star Trek, which is almost another full season, mm -hmm. but it's still the first season in our mind. Uh, and then we have two other originals um, that, are, that are coming that we've, our dramas, one's called um, One Dollar. Mm -hmm. uh, these are gonna be like, I would say along the veins of like no activity, and the other is Strange Angel. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're just investing to make sure there's a constant flow of when one original ends, a new one starts. And in terms of the, just a final question on the production side, like uh, do you sort of, is it all, are all the productions in-house through sort of the, the through, through CBS or are you working with other companies in, in, or even talking to other companies and developing projects that could work for All Access? So, I mean, for originals, I mean, we have a development team that we've hired and staffed specifically mm -hmm. to get a pipeline of programming for All Access. Okay. It's embedded with the same network development teams, mm -hmm. um, but it's a little bit different in the sense of what they're looking for could be, you know, maybe true to the CBS brand, mm -hmm but also going on the side of what I'll call a little bit more premium. Mm -hmm. Obviously, for those that were in the room when you saw this trailer, that's not exactly suitable for broadcast. Yeah. Um, we couldn't actually cut a trailer that was suitable for broadcast without like 10, you know, it yeah. wasn't 10 seconds. You get that. to drop F-bombs. Yeah, you get to drop a lot of F-bombs and it's definitely more mature in nature. Yeah. And so we've been going after stuff that's, that we know, like audiences we know well, because yeah. that's how you want to grow. Mm -hmm. Like, so the good fight, right? We had this audience that was already there for The Good Wife, mm -hmm. right? Madam Secretary, other big tentpole shows like that. We knew that audience well. Mm -hmm. And so being able to deliver a show to that audience, you know, a lot of it's science. Mm -hmm. We know the demos. We know how to target them. And a lot of times we've, uh, we have that, that team, that the audience in our pool anyways. Mm -hmm. So we've been going after shows that initially we know the audience very well. Right. Star Trek falls into that too. No activity, maybe because of our comedies like Big Bang and others, certainly know a pool that, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, that'll play too as well. I want to talk uh, about audience uh, in a second, but let's take a step back for a second and like, walk me through the why of it all, right? Like uh, CBS has, doesn't have an issue right now when it comes to having hit rated shows. My, my feelings about young Sheldon notwithstanding. Um, but, Three years ago, five years ago, when the decision was made to, yeah. to actually create CBS All Access, why was that decision? Like, why did you guys go ahead and decide to, like, we want to build a subscription service and really, really enter this market in a, in a, in a strong way? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, if you've heard Les Mavis talk about it, certainly there's a couple plays in, in the marketplace. Getting direct connection to the, to the people consuming our content is amazing in terms of how you can actually control the flow of production, what you're doing with storylines and themes. Mm -hmm. um, and social platforms have obviously helped the TV production industry in general grow. Mm -hmm. um, once you understand how important that one-to-one -one relationship is for that audience, um, you know, that's everything. Uh, that said, what it also allows us to do is establish a value for the CBS brand and our shows in the marketplace that we think is more than we're getting valued from our distribution partners. Was there any concern in respect to, like that's always been the question about any, any major television network or company investing in digital. Like are you worried about cannibalizing your existing audience, your existing business? Was there ever a concern about that in developing out All Access? Because a lot of the stuff that's available on your, on your linear feeds available on there, like I can watch all of CBS on CBS All Access. Was there ever uh, a concern of like we might hurt our ratings in, in, in any way? 
well, I think our approach is unique and reflects the fact that we're trying to continue what is the traditional business. Mm -hmm. So we went on about it, I would say, fundamentally different than most players in the space. When we first launched, a lot of other players were trying to establish their own 24-7 linear feed. It didn't necessarily match what they were doing on broadcast. Mm -hmm. It had different ads or different times. And we obviously have, we own a number of our affiliates. And the way broadcast works is we have about a little over 200 local affiliates that cover the country mm -hmm. that we give the primary program to. They enrich it with local programming like news and some other syndicated programming and make it and sell some of the ad spots and we sell some of that. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted that relationship to move into the next century. Mm -hmm. So we spent all the time to basically take our entire broadcast infrastructure and drop it on IP. Mm -hmm. It means going and doing all the tech integrations, putting servers in all of our affiliates, mm -hmm. you know, facilities, re-aggregating the feeds. We have 97% of the country now covered. It's taken us three years to get there. Literally like... So it wasn't flipping on a switch. wasn't flipping on a switch, pulling those feeds back. And then we work with Nielsen to measure it. Mm -hmm. And so that audience for the linear feed is just additive to what is the broadcast feed and what is additive to all of our other distribution partner feeds. Was there, how was it in terms of, did they, take, did they take any corralling or convincing when it came to the affiliates to be like, we're doing this, don't worry, it's gonna be additive, it's not gonna be, uh, uh, it's not gonna eat into what you, what you already say. I mean, getting a consensus about, uh, amongst uh, a large group of partners like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it takes time, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think you can just lead the way with the stations that we own. And some of, once the bigger markets came online and people saw the value of us lighting up their subscribers and them mm -hmm. participating in that business, mm -hmm. that means just growth for them. Now, with All Access, um, how much of it was uh, trying to reach a new audience for you guys? I mean, broadcast audiences obviously skews much, much older. Uh, yeah. How much of it was like, for us to play in this space and for us to maybe remain relevant, we have to do this? because that's how we're gonna get a younger audience. Yeah, well we have and have had like an ad supported business for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so All Access came after the core come and catch up on your shows platform that we had mm -hmm. um, for years. And so we knew that it was skewing younger. Mm -hmm. Now the All Access demo is, you know, it's a third millennials. Mm -hmm. And so if you're familiar with the CBS core audience, that's phenomenally, mm -hmm. that's aging down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And over 60% of our audience is between 18 and 49 demo. Mm -hmm. So we're substantially younger than we are in the network. It's roughly 50-50 male-female. Mm -hmm. um, the network skews slightly more female. We do at times mm -hmm. based on the big surges of programming mm -hmm. we have. So earlier in the year when we had like the good fight and stuff, you'd see obviously we have some spikes, it would skew more female. This year with Star Trek and the launch of the NFL, we shifted slightly more male, but it's roughly split. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the audience size right now? How many subscribers do you guys have? Wow, you're asking the big questions. Yeah. Um, so, if you, <laughs> so if you listen to our last earnings call, I'm gonna stick to the party okay. line, okay? okay? So I didn't break any rules. Uh, but last Moonrise talked about a combined uh, subscriber base between our our sister company at Showtime and mm -hmm. us having, by the end of this year, four million subscribers. Now, uh, is it profitable yet, or is it on its way to profitability? It's been profitable since day one. Since day one, how did you, how'd you make that happen? Because we, uh, we had a healthy existing digital business prior mm -hmm. to going into the space. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we had broad distribution on multi-platform. Mm -hmm. So part of the, the way that it was really successful is we had this mass audience already coming mm -hmm. across all digital platforms, mobile, online, and OTT, kind of let us sell them what is this bigger package, this new experience. And a lot, obviously, of the growth and the challenge with launching the service has been communicating why all access is different than maybe what you get from mm -hmm. CBS through a traditional provider or even one of the you know, skinny bundles that you get today that CBS is in. Now, in terms of uh, distribution, uh, and I do want to get to the skinny bundle uh, question in, in a bit. In terms of distribution, all access is across all the all the platforms, right? Amazon, Apple, Roku, et cetera? Every platform, yeah. So we are going back to sort of the, the, the town hall uh, conversation we had earlier uh, earlier this morning. There are some, uh, uh, some people have some concerns or issues or challenges when it comes to a few of these platforms. How have they been, whether it's Roku or Amazon or Apple, how have they been as partners in terms of helping market and get sort of, you know, get the word out there that all access is here, programming such as Star Trek or No Activity is on, on this uh, service. Like, how do you feel about the, the partners? I mean, it, it's been a huge part of our growth. Mm -hmm. um, I would say for the developers and the tech people in the room, just like you're trying to create an experience that is native to each of those platforms, mm -hmm. you also have to plan for the same amount of custom approach to working with each of those partners. Mm -hmm because they all have different ways that they promote, how they run native mm -hmm. editorial, how they do paid promotion, what they want to do in store. Like, they're each unique. Mm -hmm. Now, are there uh, certain partners that are working better with this type of service all access is? Uh, or is it sort of even across the board? I mean, they have, uh, well, we've been lucky mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, I'm, as running a business, obviously a lucky beneficiary of a lot of great development that's being done by the network on the programming. So. Mm -hmm convincing them that we have great programming that they, they should lean into and support has never been a problem. Mm -hmm. And so we get great editorial features, whether it's a live event like the Grammys, mm -hmm. you know, or the launch of the NFL, or even Star Trek Discovery. Mm -hmm. you know, Star Trek is one of those interesting franchises that has this lure, mm -hmm. like all the voice-driven services. If you go in and talk to the folks at Amazon and they're like, oh my God, you know, Alexa, you know, the whole inspiration for this is you know, Star Trek. And, you know, there's so many people that are bought into that franchise, those were easy conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and I think most of them have staffed up, the ones that understand the entertainment pacing, mm -hmm. to know that it's not just about a premiere, it's not just about you know, a finale, mm -hmm. but that there's these storylines in these shows that drive mm -hmm. conversion that are big enough. You know, it could be like <coughs> a wedding on Big Bang Theory or you know, anything specific that they now are staffed to kind of promote on a bigger level. In terms of uh, audience, uh, what would you say is your biggest platform? So, I mean, I would say without singling out one distribution partner, mm -hmm. I can definitely share the fact that over 70%, I think it's 73% of our consumption mm -hmm. from subscribers is on connected TV, TV mm -hmm. devices. And has, has that translated to, we've been hearing that over the last couple of days, uh, in terms of extended session times, but, you know, respect to originals, but all the library stuff you have, the, the linear feed, like what are session times like typically? On I mean, session times are, are growing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have, it varies quite a bit. Mm -hmm. We have what I would call, you know, some super highly engaged fans that will sit and watch multiple seasons, mm -hmm. you know, without stop, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing. Um, but I think we, we look at like our day, daily, how many people are coming on average daily. Mm -hmm. I'd say about 15% of the subs come every day to go watch something. Okay. 
um, which is you know great when you have a lineup. That means that on average people are are watching you know a huge amount of your programming. They may come in to see an NFL game, or they may come in to see Big Bang, and then. Stay tuned and watch Discovery. Mm -hmm. That kind of cross-pollination of shows, you hook them with one, mm -hmm. bring them in, and then they find a whole bunch of stuff to stick around for. Uh, and then, uh, final question for me for now. Um, skinny bundles, that's an area that you guys are, are, are looking at in, in terms of how are you approaching that? Is it just sort of like having all access as its own distinct channel on these bundles? Like, what's the, what's the play there? So, traditionally, the skinny bundles, so, I think this is a well-versed audience, obviously really targeted at the space, so everybody knows. Mm -hmm. um, we you know, recently announced that we're in DirecTV Now, we're on YouTube TV, mm -hmm. I think Hulu presented, we're one of the partners in their baseline package. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking at those as the next generation distribution partners. Right. So what they're carrying of CBS is the linear feed, mm -hmm. local linear feed, uh, plus a few of the trailing episodes on demand for each of the shows. Mm -hmm. It's not all access. Okay. And so part of what we're doing, and we have to communicate to the market, is like, what's the differentiator mm -hmm. of this? Come subscribe to us directly and everything included, which is a, a huge amount of programming mm -hmm. versus what you'll get from the other the players. In terms of the market, um, how do you envision, and specific to Skinny Bundles, how do you envision that playing out? Because like, it seems like that just more, more and more people are entering that space, right? You have, of course, Hulu, YouTube, uh, DirecTV now, Sony they're View. Sling, Sony View, right? Yep. Uh, Verizon said that they're looking to build something to that effect. Uh, Amazon is kind of, I think, <laughs> work, excuse me, uh, working on that. So, like, is there eventually going to be too many of these, or like, how do you view that shaking out over the next few years? I mean, I think the, I think those are direct response to two things. So you, you heard yesterday in the presentations. Mm -hmm. There's better ways to consume TV, better ways to discover shows, and some of the innovation around how you find something that's relevant in a market where there's you know, 500 plus scripted shows on television. You know, TV is like at the renaissance. There's so much good TV out there. Like a lot of the platforms are trying to differentiate based on how you come in and play. Mm -hmm. So we think that's great. Mm -hmm. And certainly we wanna make sure that CBS you know, mm -hmm. is in all of those baseline packages. It's an essential that you have to have, and so far that's proven to be the case. I think there's difference between a $200 plan, a $30 skinny bundle, and come pay six bucks for all access, mm -hmm. that people gives people the flexibility of get the program they want. Great, uh, we have a few minutes left. Does anyone have any questions for Rob? After this break, Rob will take questions from the audience on monetizing the streaming properties and more. Stay tuned, but right now, a quick break to tell you about Digiday Plus. Digiday Plus is our premium membership product, which gets you the Digiday magazine and a steady stream of exclusive research about the industry. You'll also get to be a part of exclusive events and the Digiday Plus Slack community, where we hold town halls with industry leaders every other week. And it's only $3.95 a year. But for our podcast listeners, and that's you, we have a discount. Enter the code podcast at checkout to get 10% off. Please sign up at digidayplus.com. Now back to the episode. How much should you tell us about monetization with your new way of doing things? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at CBS in general, uh, we like to tout every quarter that there's growth in the advertising business, which is where you know, the whole company originally had most of its monetization. Um, I think you'll see that actually, even though advertising is growing year over year, our licensing and premium revenues from subscriptions 
uh, now outpaces our advertising revenue. I mean, it's the majority of our revenue is from those other sources of, of premium content. And if I remember correctly, there's tiers to, uh, well, just one second, um, there are tiers to the subscription, right? You can do an ad-free version, uh, and there's also a limited commercial break subscription version. Uh, do I have that right? That's right. Uh, how has that played out in terms of like, do you see more people gravitating towards just completely ad-free subs, or as Hulu has said, majority is actually willing to at least see some ads if you, you know, and pay a little bit less? I think that, you know, it's true that the majority is willing to pay less mm -hmm. and see some ads. The linear fee, because obviously we can't defy the laws of physics, right. is gonna have those breaks. You can't strip them out. So yeah. both packages have ads in the linear feed. But for the on-demand mm -hmm. content, that's where the big difference is. Mm -hmm. And I would say, since we've launched the commercial-free package, um, the adoption of that far outweighs our expectations. Okay. And so more and more than now, that does change how you who are selling dynamic advertising, right. the availability of, con of the amount of streams that you can monetize that way. Mm -hmm. But the package is priced right. Okay. Uh, I believe we had a question there. And then we'll have one after that. Great. Thanks, Rob, for the conversation today. I just sure. had a question, if you could share some insight into your windowing strategy for uh, original productions that reside primarily in the first instance on uh, the SVOD service. Yep. Do you see yourself windowing it back onto the broadcast network or sort of keeping a more traditional strategy of the point in time where it goes to EST and then to third-party SVOD services and then international and so forth? Yeah, I mean, the, the windowing strategy or the release for originals specifically, um, that it just happened to be, you know, great timing and we had great platforms. I mean, to take advantage of what we know is going to be a big night for CBS to market, you know, an original show that's going to be in the service, that's just been, you know, that was like a kind of a no-brainer for us and has just worked. Uh, no activity actually won't air on the network for obvious reasons if you saw the, the trailer, mm -hmm. right? There's not, there's not necessarily a, a, a non-premium version of that show. Um, but we are releasing it like we do all of our other programming, um, either with one or two episodes at the start, because typically pilots, if you've seen every show, mm -hmm. like our setups. Yeah. It starts to get juicy and really get into the storyline when you get into the second, so we'll try to get enough of that out. And then just to keep pace with how we do production, you know, we release it weekly. It allows us to get the shows out early, and from a business standpoint, allows us to retain people longer because they want to stay and see the whole show play out. So just one follow-up. So when it comes back to, say, season two of The Good Fight, yeah. could you anticipate uh, putting season one back onto the broadcast of season two? Uh, no, but it is a big marketing push for us, which has come, you know, binge watch the first season as well as every season of The Good Wife, right? For the people who haven't seen that whole franchise, we do use that as the marketing hook to then lead into the new show. Thanks. Yeah. I believe we had another question down there. Uh, how reliant is All Access on uh, exclusive tent poles to drive subscriptions, and how in turn does that help drive your content strategy? Um, well, I mean, I think everybody knows the traditional TV model of, you know, there's big times in the season where everybody releases their new shows. Uh, I think in digital in general, that, that model has imploded in the sense that there's new shows being launched almost monthly across providers today. And so, um, you know, to address that, we absolutely use those tent poles. Like, the, I think a lot of the skinny bundles understand the value of live, 
know, we've been out three years using live as a driver for people to come into the subscription. It absolutely works. If we have a big game, you know, NFL game or an SEC matchup on a Saturday or Grammys or even like an awesome episode of Colbert, you know, where he has an awesome guest or did some amazing piece, people still tune in to watch that first. Those are real drivers. Um, and then they stay. Retention's all based on you know, them seeing other ancillary program and our ability within the product experience, which is where I spend most of my time, making sure that you're, let's say, teasing out the other things that are available at that right moment to keep them there. Cool. That makes sense. All right. Uh, well, I think we're out of time. Rob, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. This was great. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And that does it for today. Thank you all for listening. If you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. To learn more about our summits, visit digiday.com slash events. For exclusive member events, sign up at digidayplus.com. And we'll be back soon with another episode.